welcome to episode three of season two of the IntelliCast podcast. My name is Adam Jolly. Joining me as always is Brian Lamar. Hey, everybody. What up? <laughs> as always, you can find IntelliCast at IntelliCast1 on Twitter. You can find EMI Research Solutions at EMI underscore research. You can email us. Oh, do you want to come on the podcast? New year, new you, new podcast? Yeah. Is, that a, is it one of your resolutions is to be on a podcast? Yeah, should be. We could probably make yeah, it improve happen. yourself. Intelecast at emi-rs.com. And then my own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly, all one word. Brian, what's your Twitter? No Twitter, but I just remembered we have a new blog coming out soon. Best podcasts in market research. Did oh my gosh, that? we are? Yeah. Listing the best yeah. podcasts? Kind of like how our, I think maybe our 2019 theme is we're just making, giving away awards. <laughs> Yeah. Man of the year, woman of the year. Yeah, it's about, yeah, you have to acknowledge yourself. <laughs> right. Sure. If you're not going to vote for yourself, who are you going to vote for? We're finalizing a Best Bat Podcast blog. I love it. Yeah, we're rank ordering them, sort of. I heard, like, if you don't love yourself, how can you expect to love somebody else? Right, the whole oxygen mask thing. Here we are, right? Yeah, what? you got to wear the oxygen mask. <laughs> I love that idea. You know that? No, I don't know what that right, is. So plane, Makes sense. If you're oh, plane, put it on yourself first before you put it on your kids. Yeah. yeah. Right, you got to take care of yourself first. I agree. Uh, what's going on in the industry? For one, I think we need to talk about, you know what, let's, uh, I'll save that for a second. First, let's talk about uh, sample cons coming up. Right around the corner. We're within a month. That's crazy. What are you most excited about for sample con? Um, I'm actually excited to do Austin the right way. Yeah. Now, because last year it was in Austin, but um, had problems with the hotel. We Hill country. In Austin, so we set up a beautiful, amazing resort. Um, but now we're downtown Austin. I'm kind of just excited for the new, just kind of a new location. Well, let me fill you in. Oh. I was in Austin last week. Oh, that's right. And we stayed at this. Um, I don't know what we were doing. I didn't book the room. I let a sales rep book it. Oh. And he booked, uh, hey. And he booked, instead of booking a hotel, he booked like an apartment type hotel. So basically like an Airbnb. Yeah. So I slept in somebody's bed. I, I walked in and I said, someone's been sitting on my bed. Like I could see like. A imprint of a sitting down on my bed, but whatever. Anyway, it was in a great location. And I look out the window and what do I see? The Fairmont Austin. Fairmont Austin is where we'll be. It was right there a block away. Oh. It is. So really, you know, there's really three main strips of Austin, like downtown. I just like know as far the, as nightlife. I, just, I know of one. So and that's where the bats are. <laughs> so there's like Congress, right? Yes. And that's where the bridge is. The bats yes. go in there and stuff. And it goes right into the Capitol building. There's bars and like businesses and stuff, right? Yes. Then there's 6th Street. Yes. Right. And that's the live music, a lot of college stuff like that. Yes. Then there's Rainy Street. Oh. This is more like um, hole in the wall, like restaurant type, a lot of food truck type things, small town. And Fairmont is right at the end of Rainy. Well, not it's not on rainy, but like you, it's right there by rainy. Okay. So I stayed on rainy, and so like you can walk to cool, cool bars, a lot yeah. of cocktail bars, craft beer bars. Yeah. Um, there's a bar right like looking outside the Fairmont that's like a container bar with like the, those shipping containers. Yeah. That make the bar, and there are all kinds of food trucks. Oh wow. Um, ate at a place called Emmer and Rye that's right on rainy. You could walk to the Fairmont from it. Uh, awesome. It is going to be great. Yeah. To be able to like go out of the conference and do something and be right there. I'm similar to like the new Orleans used to be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. And also, I don't know, this may sound weird. I'm super excited to not be doing a scavenger hunt. Oh, scavenger hunt. Rest because in peace. It, yeah. Because that felt like just so much work, which it was, was fun. Time. I loved it. it was a lot and we got a lot of good feedback from it. We're not sure. doing it this year. 
Um, but I'm kind of excited because now I feel like that was so stressful. That was more stressful than, you know, meeting people and the content it, and presenting. It was super stressful. <laughs> yeah. Like having no answers to questions you don't know anything about in a city you don't live in. That's stressful. And everybody stressful. coming up to you afterwards and like saying like, hey, I couldn't find the bat sculpture. Right. Like, I, I don't live here either. Hey, I didn't get enough points. Somebody cheated. Like, yeah. Oh, they cheated. <laughs> they were they split up. They right. drove. Right. Like, yeah, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> Come on. Get right. out of here. Uh, no, I'm super excited about SampleCon. It looks like uh, looking at the speakers, it looks great. Yeah. Like a, kind of a diversity a little bit in what we're talking about. I don't think blockchain is going to take this thing over like other conferences. I did see there's some blockchain though. Yeah, right? there's some, but a just a taste. Okay. Um, I'm excited for it. I can't wait. It is February 11th through 13th. Yes. I'll be there. The, I can get there Saturday morning. You get there Saturday morning? I think yeah. I get there Saturday afternoon. The rumor is I'm in, I was invited by a partner. Won't know if they're listening to have a picnic on Saturday or Sunday. Really? Yeah, picnic at the park. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Some some barbecue place. The lines are too long, so we're gonna have a picnic. Oh, like uh, Franklin's or La Barbecue, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, that should be good. So get there early, have a picnic. It's a great idea on Saturday. Yeah. When do I fly in? I'll meet you. I'll meet you. All right, we'll figure it out. So we're interrupting our normal. We did record a big piece uh, when we first did our podcast that was about the research now and name change and all the hints and brand new and the spankings and the crime babies and stuff. But uh, then as we were doing editing, they decided to actually announce the name change. Brian is not available. So I brought in um, from the bullpen, our emergency third host of the show, Adam Dietrich. Good day to you. I love, uh, I love playing the pinch hitter or pinch pitcher, I guess. Really, really You're good. a situational guy. Situational guy. You're good um, for 12 pitches, one lefty versus lefty matchups. You know, uh, anytime you have to talk about polling uh, or name changes, basically if Brian Lamar isn't here, I just... Yeah. Yeah. So it was announced it is Dynata. Dynata. Yes. Or or is it... Which is, so it's about, it's about dynamics data. Awesome. Yes. Great. Totally. Perfect. But... <laughs> First of all, data, it's always drove me crazy that people don't know how to say data. Data, data. Data, data. So is it Donata? Donata? Gracias. <laughs> so is it Dinata or Dinata? And here's the other part. Why would you, do you ever have to put a pronunciation key whenever you're okay. changing your name? All right. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack here. I got layers. I do love the idea of putting dynamics and data, and data but data as a word sucks sorry industry we know it it's data data no one knows how to say it whenever i run into somebody that calls it data i feel like they might be canadian anyway the editor of this podcast just in case uh, those <laughs> listeners weren't aware is a, a man of canadian descent uh so I, I like the face he made uh when that was mentioned i okay so let's 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 do the first portion of this yeah they're regardless of whatever they called it what even if they came out and said we're not changing our name we're just going to be combo rnssi that was my main point i was going to hit later that now this matters but go ahead they were going to get flack right i mean i feel like anytime a brand that big it, this is you know i i know we had uh some folks from disco on recently they went through a name change yeah i know that you know uh, the different cantor companies have, have been known to do quite a few name changes whenever it happens it feels like the brands are never this big. Yes. Um, but whenever it is a big brand, you're, you're going to get some flack, some pushback and, and you know, some jokes. And a lot of times it's jealousy. I yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. 
in terms of whether or not I've ever seen a, uh, a pronunciation key, um, no. And I feel like, I don't know, I, I'm kind of sympathetic because like you said, it's a good idea, dynamics and data, right? But I was kind of sympathetic to, to the folks yesterday afternoon where their first post was, hey, this is our new brand, this is our new logo, this is our new name. And then the second post is the, here's here's how you say it, you know? Yeah, right. that, that, like it's it's a celebration, you know? They're right, obviously a lot Should of time be. and effort and I, I don't know. So that, but it's interesting. It's definitely, definitely interesting. I, I'm with you. Um, so I, I feel like the name change shouldn't matter because they're still the same company. They're still going to be great. They are going to progress and like make this industry awesome. And like they're the market share leader and there's reasons why. Right. Sure, so the name sure. change doesn't matter. But I guess it's almost like a prevent defense. I think when you get to that size and you're changing names, you try not to do anything that's going to stand out or you try to not to do anything that is going to happen. And I'm sure they've had, I mean, they're a, they're a smart group. They brought in marketing people. They probably had their internal marketing people. I'm guessing they did some market research even onto this <laughs> and like maybe hired a consultant and like went through some things. But to me, the, the plan would be like, let's not, let's not get weird. Right. Right. Like I think, um, I don't know, like even like when you absorb companies, usually like they're just like, so like Capital One takes over ShareBuilder that just was Capital One ShareBuilder. Right, right. Right. And that's just what it is now. Or, you know, any other like All whenever something gets yeah. take over or you, you either keep the name or you come up with something that's like simple. Even like Disco is a little bit weird, mm -hmm. right, compared to Active Measure. But I know how to say Disco. When I see Disco, I know how it's spelled. I know how to say it. And that's even with the kind of like association with, with yeah. And, yeah yeah and I have association with the word right uh, but to make up your own word this reminds me of Biosoft did this when they went to Jabuno yeah that's right? a good one yeah you came up with another with a new word that or not a new word but like a word that's not associated with anything else and okay well how do I spell it how do I say it theirs was all kinds of other layers right that but right yeah that, and like, there's always like a cool internal meaning meaning right. behind it and I I appreciate the story behind it. It's just, it's just hard. And the other thing though, is going back to this point is when Biosoft did that, yeah, they were, you know, those guys are great. They've got a great platform. They were what? One, one hundredth the size yeah. and, and brand equity. What about Decipher Focus Vision? Yeah. Ex there you right? go. Yeah. Or um, like Metrics Labs buys people and they just slap Metrics Labs on things. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. And Nielsen does the same. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, but it's never a brand with so much equity. I mean, I think of, you know, like you said, both of those companies have propelled the industry forward and have for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I don't know. And granted, I am not a marketing guy. I'm not the branding expert. I am not sure. the outside consultant. I just feel like they, it was, they gave up a lot, you know, if there was. The name equity. Yeah. yeah. But it, it also, I, I mean, I, I also feel like there have been times, I remember when the, the merger was first announced, there were times where someone was a Research Now fan and disliked SSI, right? They had a right. bad experience in 1994 with a call center in, sure. in Utah. And so they hated SSI and, and vice versa, right? Um, and so maybe there's some a little bit more of that than we than we realize. Sure. I don't know. I'm sure I'm like I said, smart people. I'm sure they yeah. did it right. It's just their market share isn't gonna decrease because of the change <laughs> of their name. Right. right? Very like true. people aren't gonna start working with them or gonna stop working with them or anything because of the change of their name. It is just unnecessary storms. Right. Right? Yeah, totally.
But at the same time, it's it's an opportunity to, I mean, you know, they're going to have all types of new swag. I'm sure, um, you know, the conference schedule is going to be full of, of them, you know, hey, here's our new logo, trying to get out in front of new people. And, and who knows, maybe they could... Even even something like this, right. which again does not change their product, does not change their service or anything, it could it could even help them. You know, no such thing as bad press, right? Right. So, what type of feedback? I just want to get something from you. Like, um, what type of feedback did you get when you dropped the hyphenated part of your last name? Oh. Was, that a, was that like this type of thing where people were like, how do I pronounce it? Thank you for always <laughs> always taking personal turns. Uh, and whenever I come to play a relief pitcher in your podcast, Adam. Um, <laughs> For the listeners, I have a hyphenated last name. Uh, it adds up to 17 letters. Right. As you can imagine, when I... Uh, Big back of the jersey. I used oh, to have Archie. those. Archie. Yeah, I, had yeah. the, I had like the rainbow of my last name on the back of my T-ball jersey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I, I don't know, got some common sense in, in I guess, high school, I, yeah. I just picked the easier, cooler one. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and stuck it out ever since. But, you know... Because for some reason, I don't, how do, I don't even know how some people know it, but. Yeah, you don't, don't say it. No, no, I'm saying, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, no, I'll let it out. My mother's uh, maiden name is uh, the same as the, the Beverly Hillbillies last name. Yeah, Cement Ponds. Texas T. Well, thanks for joining us in this emergency, in this pinch. We'll get you on later. We'll come up with something else, some other reason. Come on later. You know, you, as much fun as I have here, you really don't have to come up with a reason. It's okay. Okay. You know what? And there's a little bit of me just between you and I. Not Mics are off. Mics are off. Yeah. It's a little, it rained on somebody's parade, this whole announcement coming out. Did it? Yeah. There was another big announcement was coming out the same day. It rained on somebody's parade. Alex Hunt. No. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That was, uh, we're re-recording this and now I'll jump back right into the original recording now. Anything else going on in the industry? Anything going on internally? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll, nice setup. Thank you. Um, Thank we you. have... Don't say it. Don't say it. Let's do it Mount Rushmore first. Okay. Oh, well, hang on. If you want breaking news in the industry, it's coming. Yeah. Oh, this is like a, a greenie tease. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, yes, Mike and yes. Mike used to do that. So After... Coming up, I'm going to tell you <laughs> why a face of the industry is changing. Right, right after the Subway Fresh Take Hotline. <laughs> It's coming. <laughs> Ten minutes. Keep ah. listening. If you can get through the Mount Rushmore, which boy, we've got a good one playing. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, were trying to think what could be a good Mount Rushmore. We talked about a couple different topics, and then we came up to what is the Mount Rushmore of winter fashion accessories? <laughs> yeah. Topical. Yeah, it snowed right everywhere. We we got about four inches. St. Louis got forty. Really? I thought so. I was in. Texas all weekend and oh. I thought people were just like over exaggerating and then I landed yesterday and like there's some places that got like seven inches yeah you got seven inches producer Brian got seven inches he said he's way up north what up Canada Canada yeah <laughs> that's nothing it's nothing yeah it snowed it was supposed to snow like four Friday night we got like one so it was like whatever and then it yeah. snowed like another four Whew. all right so anyway you go first best winter fashion accessory I'm gonna start with a freaking long john yeah that was I've been too. wearing them all winter yeah I wear them all the time. Uh, they're like leggings. I, I wish Keep. leggings could be worn by men in other fashion circumstances. Yeah, I like to. Wear, I like them because they do make me feel more toit. Yeah, like I feel a little bit more fit when I'm wearing long johns. Yeah, what what are those things? That, Much that, like a hot dog casing. 
What are, what are those things that girls wear that tightens? Oh, yeah. It's like a supporting hose. What is that called? A hose? There's a name for it. That's what I feel like it is for me, Spanks? too. Spanks, yeah. It does. It has a little bit of spank quality. Spankish. I love them. They keep me warm. It's amazing. I love it, too. They were on my list, too. I can wear more in the house around other people. <laughs> I can feel like I can get away with it. Yeah, depending on how close you are. Sure. <laughs> that was on mine, too, so give me another one. Um, Earmuffs. Okay. I'm out on earmuffs, but go ahead. Okay. Love the earmuffs, especially the little ones, those little little, little earmuffs. Ugh. And nerd thing to say. T- look, if you're walking around in a big city in the wind, if you're in Chicago or New York, I guarantee you, you have earmuffs in your pocket. Right? Right, sense. Producer Brian? No, he he's not on the he's not on the earmuffs. Do you think that earmuff uh, has been hurt by like the Beats by Dre Bose like headphone industry? Probably, Definitely, right? Do they, do they have a warm version? Well, if I get oh, if I go around ear, not over ear. Yeah, yeah, then you're covered. Huh? Hey, something to think about. Not too bad. Huh, interesting. Uh, what do you got? The gloves that have the cool finger things that you can work on your iPhone with. They don't work. Do they work? Sometimes. Okay. I got a pair that I used to run with, and sometimes they don't work, and sometimes uh, they do. But I think it's it's genius. I don't know how they could yeah. copy. Like, could criminals use that and copy your fingerprint? <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be great. But that's on my winner. Uh, I'll go one more. Toboggan hats. Toboggan hat. That's love a, them. Love I a good sock that. hat. Yeah. Whew. Man, I love a good sock hat. Yeah. Maybe a ball on top. The ball just keeps you warmer. <laughs> I think so. You got one more? One more. Wool socks. When I first moved to upstate New York, someone said, get yourself some wool socks. And I thought, that's stupid. They're like $20 a pair. Yeah. I bought them. Amazing. Really? If you're out in the snow a lot, like like if you're going sledding or skiing, you're going to be out there for you know two or three hours, okay. you need some wool socks. That makes sense to me. My last one is uh, snowshoes that look like tennis rackets. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The big snowshoes that like they spread out so you can walk on snow and you don't fall down. Yeah. When they're really deep. You have these in Canada? You oh, have a pair? I don't have a pair. Oh. I know what they are. I think we should get some. For the office. We do walk. Yeah. I mean, this is a very walkable location. Right. We can walk outside, walk up the hills and stuff, walk through the snow, not fall through. Go to Red Lobster. And then break out a game of tennis. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, do you want to do the Florida? Oh, I didn't think of this one. Yeah, Florida. Worst winter okay. fashion accessories. I was going to say earmuffs, but since they're oh, lauded I've got one. by yourself, I'll go with scarf. Oh my gosh, the scarf is one. Is, should have been on my list. Really? Yeah, <sighs> scarf is amazing, and it also it makes you just feel good. Like when you put a scarf on, it's like you're ten percent more confident. Like a <laughs> like a piano scarf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? What do you got? Worst I was going to do the entire face mask ski cap. Oh, it's intimidating. You can't wear that. No, people get you. Should be arrested. <laughs> right. Don't hide your identity. Like you're gonna. There's a seventy five percent chance you're gonna commit a crime if you wear that. I agree. Uh, I was also going to say mittens. Mittens? What? Why did mittens ever exist? Why did anyone decide that you needed to? You needed only two fingers. If you're above the age of four, I can okay. understand kids' mittens. Yes, if you're I, over it's three very or four. Easy for my children. Yeah, but they have adult mittens. I think it's almost like we don't want to believe that we are we are superior to walrus and seals, <laughs> and like we needed to go back into some kind of or fin type world. Yeah. There's a reason why we're walking around and a lot of them are on the endangered species list. Yeah. It's because they got fins. Yeah. They can't fight off anybody. It's not all karate chops. <laughs> That's right. Right. Sometimes you got to be tactical with your phalanges. Right. I got one more. Yeah. Those little things you're supposed to crack and you throw them in your shoes and they keep your feet warm or your. Oh, they're trash. Those are garbage. Heat up heater things. Yeah. yeah garbage those are pretty garbage 
Um, I think that's all I got. There's really not a lot. A lot of it's just subs. Like, who cares what you look like? You're outside. And you're cold. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do know vests. I do get a lot of vests. I feel like that are pretty trash too for the winter. Vest is stupid in the winter. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's lots of things to cover your torso. Yeah, well, it's all about the core, right? You keep right. the core warm, the rest of your body. Oh, I like you can to, technically wear. I want to keep the extremities else. warm. Yeah, I think that's the that's what most people go with. Yeah. Right. All right. So that'll do it for the Florida of winter fashion accessories, the worst fashion accessories out there. Um, anything we want to announce as a company? You want to just get it out there. Let's get it out there. You want? I don't want to say it about myself. <laughs> well, the the announcement is breaking news: is that EMI has a new president of the company. That is Mr. Adam Jolly, your co-host of this podcast. Hey, congratulations! Adam. I made it. I made it, everybody. New president um, of the company as of this week. Sometime, whenever this is airing, sure, that's when it'll happen. Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool, right? Yeah. It's been like a long, strange ship to yeah. get here. And Michael Holmes has left the company. Is that right? Yeah, he left. He started his own thing. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, Mike's still here. Uh, that's the question I get every time. Like yeah. I talk, I don't really talk about this, stuff, but like if ever I've like said something yeah. to somebody or asked for advice about something, uh, Mike's still here. He's still founder CEO. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Like it really for him. If you've met Mike, you know that like he is strategy, he is big thinking, he is what's next type thing. Yeah. And he is doing that and I'm super happy for him. Awesome. And myself. And your especially yourself. That's awesome. That's great yeah. news. You you deserve it. Thanks, man. It's a lot. Uh I used to just sell a sample. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I'm excited. I think like the company now, like we, we're coming off of a record year. Yep. Um, we're bigger than we've ever been. We have the resources and capabilities to be bigger than we've ever been. Um, some other people are getting promoted as well, including, you know, Amy Carley, like heading up our operations. She used to just be a project manager. Yep. The biggest thing that I can tell people about this is like um, EMI is a company and you should look for companies. You, you should be blessed to work for companies that like develop people. Yeah. Right. And you don't go out and you buy talent and you don't go out and just fetch some salesperson or grab somebody to do something. You grow people, you develop them and like they have a buy in towards the success of the company. And like it goals mean something rather than just like what is their job? What is like their compensation? Things like that. So yeah. we kind of reset those boundaries here at EMI a few years ago. And like other people have like really paved the way um, here for me to do that. And having somebody like Mike, that's just like, yes, let's do this. Let's, let's go into the next chapter. And uh, I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't about it. I remember, I think it was about a year and a half, maybe a little bit longer than that. You came up to me and said, Hey, I want to be, I want to be president of this company. Yeah. And I think that you were just kind of like getting a gut check. Like if I, was I going to say that's stupid? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's all you're looking Mike for. Mike will never do it. Yeah. Right. yeah I was like, no, do it, dude. And a year and a half later, you can achieve that. That's one of the things, like you said, I love working here is that I I kind of did the same thing. I kind of came up with my own role. I could design all this research and do all the stuff that I really love to do um, and limit the stuff I don't want to do, which yeah. we all have that, right? Oh, I get sure. to maximize yeah. the stuff I love and what I'm really good at and do less of the stuff I don't like that I don't like to do. So, I mean, great job, but like, Designing your own path. Yeah. And you can do that. And um, especially at EMI, you can do that. And lots of other com- companies out there, you can do that as well. 100%. Um, so that's the news. It's out there. Finally, Jesus, I feel like I can exhale a little bit. But uh, really excited. It's going to be an awesome year for us. And uh, I think it's going to be an awesome industry year uh, for everybody. Because I see a lot of this happen in other places too. So it's pretty cool. Uh, you want to make a plug for something before we jump into our interview? Um, yeah. Love to plug. We just launched this week. 
something that producer Brian and I primarily have worked on for a long time. It's a end of year research and research report. We do a ton of research studies that probably most of our listeners aren't aware of. We research the entire sample landscape. We ask a lot of questions to try to understand um, if they're different, why. Um, we do some respondent satisfaction questions. We have our own little niche topics we talk about. We did like perceptions of marijuana legalization, and we did some smartphone addiction questions last year. We put it on one giant um, this is not um, an easy five-minute read. This is something you kind of download and you take your time kind of reading it. And it's everything that I did. So I'd love any feedback from it. Download it. Um, give me your feedback. And um, I'm designing other research right now that we're launching soon. So um, if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, it's huge. It, it works a lot of different like uh, spokes for me. So like, obviously, it's something that can educate the industry. I talked about like with SampleCon about this a little bit, right? It's like yeah. whatever you can do, if you can make your industry smarter, then ultimately everyone's going to rise up like a rising tide yeah. type thing. And it does that, right? It teaches a little bit of what the importance of like research on research and some blending and like, you yeah. know, trying to vet panels and figure out what you're doing. But then also, yeah, it's a selling aspect for EMI, right? Because we can be experts on it. Yeah. But then it's just in general, just like we want to know what other people are doing. Yeah. Right. It's a sharing of information and maybe we change something. Maybe we can inspire some I mean, other people have done some research on research. Maybe yep. we can inspire them to do something differently. Right. Yep. Cause it, I read today with like the intro part of it was like a sample of commodity. Yeah. And I was like, that's not like one person hasn't done that. It's like a collection of yeah. the industry and people have made it to where people may think that samples a commodity. Yeah. And it's not going to be one company that changes the mindset that samples come out. It's going to be like, again, a collection of people talking about sample a different way, right. approaching things a different way to make people think like people stop that idea that samples a commodity or something that you can do on your own just yep. with no expertise. So. Um, I'm hoping this does that. This kind of opens the floodgates. Yep. We, we surveyed about 30 different research panels. Um, they're all very different. We talk about it as it's not necessarily good or bad. It's just different. Yeah. They're all very different. So there's the plug. Sweet. All right. Let's jump into our interview now. Uh, this week, we got the president of Research America, Inc., Rex Repass. It's a, it's a coup to get him, I think. Even I though he's 10 is. minutes away. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> Yeah. He was one of the first, like within the first two months I worked here, one of the first people I talked to in oh, research. Really? Um, I talked to him like hot and heavy for a while. We were trying to do some different things and that was what he had Rex Repass at that time. And we were trying to figure out some different things. And then uh, he's just an awesome dude, like yeah. so much more than market. And like the market research he's seen, like he's gone from like consumer, yeah. package good stuff, polling type thing, his yeah. personal history about playing football at Marshall. Yeah. Right after the plane tragedy. Yeah. I mean, it's he's got all the stories. Yeah. If you see Rex Free Pass at a conference, um, buy him a beer. Have a conversation with him. Uh, he could teach you so much. That yeah. was the biggest thing Like when we ask him, like, what would you tell somebody getting in the industry? Or what would you have done to get in the industry? Things like yeah. that. Like, he is, like, a huge mentor. Yeah. Absolutely. Somebody you can learn so much from. And absolutely. generally, one of the nicest men and has the nicest family I've ever met. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. All right. We'll just do it. Let's, uh, let's have Rex talk you into this himself <laughs> and jump right into the interview with Rex Repass, president of Research America, Inc. Joining us now is the president of Research America, Inc., Rex Repass. Rex, thanks for joining us. My pleasure to be with you. Yeah, it's, uh, we've known each other for a while, kind of been in the atmosphere of Cincinnati research for a while, but uh, it's great to have you on. Thank you. Yeah. So so tell us a little bit. This is always the best part that everybody likes is like, well, how did you get into market research? Because it's never so direct with everybody. But how did you start in market research? Well, actually, it was very direct for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I, after uh, undergraduate, have an undergraduate degree from Marshall University in journalism. I worked for Gannett Paper for a year. I said, eh, I want to do something different. So I went to graduate school at the University of Tennessee, got a master's in communications research, and basically did a thesis, a public opinion survey for my thesis. Really? And I've been in that, in the field ever since. I won't say how many years, <laughs> but for uh, a long time. Oh, that's wild. It is really direct. Yeah. Most everybody's like, I did banking and then found a guy who wanted to do interviewers. <laughs> I think back their way into it. No, well, not for me. I, I fell in love with it. I had fortunately had a professor at UT who was the former director of advertising research at Ford Motor Company. Okay. So, I mean, I just fell in love with trying to understand why people make the decisions that they make, yeah. whether it's about products, advertising, political sure. uh, candidates, or whatever the case may be. So what was, um, I always talk about, like, I got in and, and yeah, I worked for a while, but it took a while. Like, it, was it a specific project or, like, methodology? Or what was it that it was, like, the clincher for you, the hook? Or you, you yeah. knew that market research was for you? Well, I'm originally from West Virginia. I've been in Cincinnati for 30-plus for years. But I thought after graduate school, I thought to myself, this is a specialty degree. Mm -hmm. Not many people were doing this at the time. And I contacted a, a person I knew in Charleston who owned a PR firm. Okay. And I said, hey, would you like to start a research business? I'm 24 years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he said, well, maybe. So anyway, long story short on that, we ended up connecting about a year later, and he and I started a research firm. Wow. Jeez. I sold that uh, 10 years later and moved to Cincinnati. Okay. And uh, that's and I've been here ever since. Well, I think people are getting the calculators out trying to figure out the age question right now. Well. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, you do a lot of different other types of, you do all types of research. I think people think like when they do listen to our podcast, we're going to talk about online sample all the time. And that's just a piece. So, so talk to us a little bit about like all the different types of research that you've done, like what the, all the different sure. methodologies and, and what really has like stuck with you the most. Yeah, that's a great question. And I have, you name it, and I think I've done it. It's like, okay. it's like focus group research. I've moderated over a thousand focus groups. Wow, so gosh. you name the topic, I've asked the question. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's, it's primarily been about communications and messaging. Okay. You know, how do people respond to different concepts that are trying to get an individual, a consumer to react to an idea, react to a product, react to a a policy issue. Uh, so anything related to messaging, communications, advertising is really the sweet has been the sweet spot for me. Wow. And um, that's and it's changed dramatically sure. over the years. But, yeah. Uh, the the concepts are still the same. Trying to understand why people make either purchase decisions or um, have you know, changed their point of view about a corporate reputation or brand. Right. And that has been the, the focus of most of my work. And it's just very intriguing to me. Oh, for sure. Brian, you have any questions? I have a question. So you started off, was it Repass? Was it Repass Ryan? Ryan Repass. Ryan, you didn't get the first billing no, I there. The, I got second billing. <laughs> second billing. He had the money. I had the idea. <laughs> <laughs> you were 25-ish years old. Okay, I get it. Uh, 24. Yeah, okay. 24. Nice. And then you moved to Cincinnati. Why did you move to Cincinnati? Well, I mean, we built a nice business in, in Charleston, West Virginia. Yeah. But well, there was only so much you could do. And we had some very good clients, including a governor or two that ran for office. And so it was fun. But we had a ceiling. 
And uh, I got to know a couple of the owners at Market Vision Research here in town. Okay. And uh, they recruited me to come to Cincinnati. I sold my interest in the business in in Charleston and bought into uh, Market Vision in 19... 88. Yeah, I think I feel like that's where most people know you from is Market Vision and then your own right. company subsequent mm-hmm. after that. Um, yeah, Market Vision is a strong local. How long did you work at Market Vision? 13 years. Okay. Long time. Yeah. Um, I was, when I left, I was an executive VP and chief operating officer, and we grew it from pretty small, 15 people or so plus field, to uh, it became a Hanna Michael top 50 my right. last year there. Wow. Oh, good. That's huge. So another, one of the ways that I know you a lot is this political policy type mm-hmm. of research. Uh, you mentioned a little bit there, you started working with governors. Was that kind right. of your intro into yeah. that type of research? Well, my graduate thesis was about, and I won't say what year, <laughs> but it was about a presidential election in Tennessee. It was a presidential year and it was, uh, yeah. uh, my thesis was how mass media affects electoral decision making. Oh, wow. So I had the background in political work and built that into policy work. And then in West Virginia, we started doing polling for the Associated Press and the Charleston Daily Mail newspaper. So that's always been an interest. But I realized somewhere in the 80s that I working for a couple of candidates. Yeah. I've got a young family. I don't know if I want to do this all the time (laughs) because it's really pretty stressful. Sure. And we had moved on from um, West Virginia politics to some other candidates at work. And it was, I made a decision to come to Market Vision to work primarily initially with P&G. Okay. And I thought, you know, these are very bright people and uh, the biggest brand in the world and brands in the world. And there was a chance to, to work on P&G market research. And I thought, wow, that'll be fun. Yeah. So that's how I came here and had the opportunity to continue my entrepreneurial interest and bought into market vision. Well, I have to ask you, you said your thesis <laughs> on mass, how mass media affects presidential election. Is that basically, I'm thinking maybe the approach of the end, but basically. That's, that's right. right. I mean, and obviously before the internet and before social media and before many other things, but essentially, what uh, you know, newspaper endorsements? What what effect does that have? Yeah. Uh, television advertising. What impact does that have? Right. Uh, and so on. So we looked at media sources and how people are informed about candidates and how it influences their decision to yeah. run for candidate A or B. But again, way before. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, do you think about writing a sequel? <laughs> I'm ready to. <laughs> I doubt many people wrote about this 30 years ago, and now it's so prevalent today. I mean, we have FBI investigations and CIAs involved right. and a right. Russian investigation on a pretty similar topic, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's about influences on voter behavior. Yeah. And influences in the late 70s were about, <laughs> uh, about primarily... Um, you know, the, the Kennedy debates hadn't been that far in the past, you right. know, Kennedy-Nixon debate. So it was more about traditional media, yep. traditional endorsements, and advertising, and how, what effect that has on electoral decision-making. Okay. So we you know, still dabble in it you yeah. know, today, uh, but most of my work the last 30 years has been in commercial marketing research. Okay. A lot of what you're doing as far as concept tests, I mean, if you just replace a candidate in there, it's, sure. it's pretty close, right? Same, same ideas, trying to right. understand the right messaging 
right. you know, for the product or for the brand, for the new concept, yeah. um, very similar to what you do with candidates. So um, we, as I mentioned earlier off air, we still do some work in the political space, but it's predominantly, at least the work I do personally, is uh, for uh, a media organization. Sure. What um, kind of pivot a little bit more towards like where things are going type. So you're something you've seen a lot. You've, you've played with all the different types of methodology. So like what now, what do you think is on the horizon for market research? Like what's the next, what's the next big thing? Everyone you know, at the beginning of the year, all these prediction type things like blockchain or, you know, yeah. uh, AR and all this kind of stuff. What do you see? Well, first of all, I think it's a, you know, we're still figuring that out. Yeah. You know, I don't know exactly where it's going, but, you know, I, I remember whatever, five, seven years ago, there was a headline in Ad Age that said the days of Q and A research were over. Yeah, yeah. And and while the days of Q and A research aren't quite over, <laughs> right. and what I've learned is that these traditional methods will still have a place. Uh, certainly, AI, you know, artificial intelligence is a you know big buzzword, and everybody's looking at. It. Sure. You know, big data. You know, although in the past it's still important. I think connecting data, right? And consumer data, you know, known sales data and behavioral data with survey research, uh, I think is a trend that will continue to grow. Uh, sort of the big data aspect of mirroring survey data, Q&A data with um, databases that clients uh, provide to us to, to be more predictive. So right. that we're looking at behavioral data and we're looking at survey research data. Uh, and of course, I think the challenge of uh, data collection today is you know something we look at all yeah, the time. All the time, it's always changing, right? And the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, um, I was going to pivot a little bit more and talk about Research America. This is kind of a, mm-hmm. a recent thing. So what kind of, what happened and um, tell us more about Research America. Sure. Well, Research America, uh, a couple, well, it's been almost three years ago now. I was, we had made, we had made the Inc. 5000 twice. My company had uh, Repass Partners and we were doing well. And I thought, okay. What's next? Because I always have these little ten-year cycles. I got to do something different, you know. Yeah. So, um, and it was considering the point I was in my career. I was thinking, okay, how do you exit out of this at some point yeah. in the future? <laughs> you know. Right. So um, I looked at a number of opportunities. Uh, Research America was, although it's been around a long time, it was really being reinvented okay. by Rob Porter, my colleague that's uh, uh, in the business and. And Rob is a business person who has bought and sold companies, and and he was looking for someone that had the experience that I had. I was looking for a partner that we could merge with and provide me the opportunity to uh, essentially write that next chapter. Yep. And uh, Research America gave me that opportunity. And we are, I think, we how we are differentiating ourselves we're competing with the big, big companies mm-hmm. uh, to essentially take take share. And we have a, a core belief that we need to go beyond what others are doing. So we're okay. investing in a lot of new things, investing in a lot of new people, um, and trying to go beyond to uh, answer clients' most difficult questions. And we have the ability to do that, and we're, we're growing the base not just through acquisition, which we've done the last three or four years, right. but organically now. Okay. Great. So what you're busy, obviously you're <laughs> growing a company, 10 year cycles. What do you do when you're not working? 
There's a lot well, there. I have a big family. First yeah. Of all. I, right. I, I'm a I'm a dad and a grandfather and a and a and a husband. And what's most important in my life is what I do with my family. Yeah. So we have big family vacations. I have ten grandchildren. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Uh, ages almost eight to two. Yeah. <laughs> so my 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 uh, life is full. Yeah. And uh, I spend a lot of time on going to my grandkids' games now and. Uh, doing things related to my family. In terms of other things, I'm a huge sports fan. Sure. I'm an ex-college athlete back in the day. And so I'm a big uh, football fan, particularly in basketball. And uh, did you, you played a sport at Marshall? I played at Marshall. What did you do there? Uh, I, was a, I was a receiver. Oh, my gosh. And I, I like to say Randy Moss broke all of my records. He had <laughs> something like 194 catches, and I had less than five. <laughs> no. I'm I just, got hurt early in my career at Marshall. Not I'm doing long. some math. When was the tragedy at Marshall? When was that? I played there right after the crash. Oh wow! So there's yeah. a whole that's a whole other line. Of, that's a whole other story. Whole other story. <laughs> whole other podcast there. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you're a basketball fan, college or pro? College. Both. Both. Really? I'm a really college sports fan. Really. I think I went to seven college football games this year. Oh wow! This past fall. Uh, including a couple Marshall, one at Tennessee, and several at UC, yeah. and um, in college basketball we have UC season tickets. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's not too bad. How's the new arena? Nice. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, beautiful. God, I haven't been down there yet. I think about it all the time. I'm just like, oh, UC game tonight. I should just pop on over. Yeah, but they're doing better than expected. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> it's hard to imagine what right. that building was when you walk into the new arena. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That much? Yeah. Well, when you close down for an entire year, that's crazy. I've never heard of that. Like, if, for those of you that aren't local, they remodeled their basketball arena and played in an entirely different state for a season, which is kind of crazy. They played at Northern Kentucky for a season right. and then bothered to the remodeling, and not many schools do that. That's crazy. So, you're not a Tennessee basketball fan, are you? Of course. Oh, you are? Yeah. Huh. Let's Let's get they, number two? <laughs> they should be well, number one, though. They're they loaded. should be number one. They're loaded. You know they they won the SEC last year regular season. Yeah, I think. And but yeah, they're what number three right now. Yeah, they're very so, good. And they're rolling right now. Volunteers. So, so I, one of, I get one of the last questions that we'll ask. I don't know if it'll be the last one. Uh, <laughs> but think of people coming out of college or like people starting. Like, what is the thing that you can suggest someone learn, or what is a skill sure. you suggest someone having getting in this industry? Well, I'll, I'll give you two. One is to get into business. Period. Yeah, you know, which I think everyone should have the opportunity to uh, understand how to sort of grow a business. And right. and I, and one of my sayings to people, young people who are thinking about owning a business or starting a business, everyone in life should have the opportunity to meet a payroll. Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it makes you grow up real quick. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> but in terms of research, I think stay curious. You know, yeah. we are we're curious people. And that is uh, just a, I think, a trait, a characteristic that is important if you're in this business, wanting to understand why people make the decisions they make, whether it's buying a product, uh, selecting a product off the shelf, uh, reacting to advertising, stay curious and think about, you know, how to answer those tough questions that clients have. Right. Makes sense. You know, one of the things that this will be my last question, I think we've been talking a lot about just it seems like research buyers have 
there's just more buyers than there's ever been. It seems like, like maybe it was this DIY trend. I don't know what, but there's more, it used mm-hmm. to just be a Hanna Michael list and that was everybody. And now everything's in some brands are bringing things in house and advertising firms and things like that. Like, do you see something like that continuing? There's yeah. more and more buyers or is it going to start to get back to where the big guys? My, first of all, I agree with you. Everybody is in the market research right. business. Every, yeah. Yeah. and you know, we have competitors everywhere, internal, the DIY yeah. You know, issue and, sure. and also uh, the, the agency world and, you know, the yeah. uh, ad agencies and so on. So we have competitors everywhere. However, I do think that the understanding more complex designs, understanding more than just simple Q&A research, um, I think that's an advantage. That's a differentiator. I think the more uh, multivariate type designs or data right. science type work right. uh, will be even more important. But I also think the pendulum swings back and forth. Yeah. It's been my life experience that companies bring things in house and then they don't, and then they and then they take right. it back out of the house right. and then they bring them back in over a period of cycles, business cycles. So I think that will continue to happen, and I think the industry overall has a, a good future. But it is consolidating, it is changing, but it's always been that way, right. but in different in different ways. I get that for sure. You want to do like a funny, can you tell us what's the, the funniest experience you've had as a moderator <laughs> that you can say? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. I've been, <laughs> been a couple. Uh, one in particular, early in my career, uh, when I was the start of the, the, the Ryan repass and yeah. previously in uh, West Virginia, I was doing focus groups and we had a facility. We had a focus group facility. We were in the same building that the FBI was in. <laughs> so, we start the group. We go around and do the introductions. Of course, they saw the one-way glass in the in the in the room. And when I get to the respondent to my right, the last person to introduce yeah. himself, he said, "I'm really not comfortable with this. Is the FBI in this building?" And I said, "Yes, they are, but we're just doing marketing research." And he said, "I'm just not comfortable. I'm going to leave." <laughs> and now I don't know what his criminal past was. <laughs> but, he knew. I don't know the name of that bias, but there's some sort of bias there. Not willing to enter the building because the FBI is there. The FBI was on the fifth floor. We were on the fourth floor. There you go. (laughs) That's pretty good. Rex, thanks so much for coming on. It's great to just learn more. And I think it's super helpful whenever you can bring in somebody that has seen the experience of market research and can help and give some kind of advice. On, on what it takes to, to not just get in, but stay in industry. So we appreciate well, it. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Rex. What a great interview. Yeah. Man, what a genuinely nice man. Yeah, big fan of Rex. Super smart. Been around for a long time. Has We probably could have interviewed him for two hours. Yeah. All his stories. We just we just got the tip of guys. Well, you can notice when he started talking about how he's a big sports fan, I was like, well, here we go off the rails. And it <laughs> didn't happen. We can't, we stayed onto it, yeah. but I thought for sure. Um, did you notice the look that he gave me when I asked him? I was like, you're not a UT, uh, Tennessee basketball fan? Oh, a big Tennessee fan, apparently. Yeah. He wanted well, me to go. I was like, I'm not going to go after him. Now he's a up, large man. Yeah. He's out there peacocking now. All of a sudden, yeah. Tennessee's actually good at something. Yeah. He was. <laughs> been a while <laughs> yeah welcome oh, yeah, i love it how he said they won the sec regular season chair uh, sure yeah that's uh, a big deal yeah we count we hang those banners um that'll do it for episode three season two of the intellicast podcast as always you can reach us at intellicast at emi-rs.com intellicast one on twitter emi underscore research on twitter my own personal twitter is adam jolly and you can find us coming up february 11th through 13th at SampleCon. you'll find myself 
Brian Lamar, Mary Draper, and Amy Carley down in Austin. And then uh, pretty soon we'll start pushing out some Quirk dates too. We're going to be in Quirks in Brooklyn. We're going to be in Quirks in Chicago this summer. Uh, and then Qualtrics coming up as well uh, in March. So, man, here we go. Yep. Get on the road. <laughs> here we go. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.